Welcome back to another dispatch from Holly McKay. We're going back to Iraq and uh, Baghdad in particular, because Holly was there recently and interviewed a, a gentleman who is a leader of a Christian militia backed by Iran. So tell us a little bit about that, Holly. So I first met uh, this particular individual. His name is Ryan Al-Kadini. And he, I met him several years ago when I was in Iraq a lot covering ISIS. And he was running this Christian, um, it was called the Babylon Brigade. And he was running this sort of Christian militia that was part of the PMF forces that were fighting ISIS. But what I found to be especially strange was that um, he was very close with Qasem Slimani and he would show me pictures and uh, selfies of them together. And, and this is really when I first started to kind of piece together and understand uh, the influence that um, the Ar Iranians and, and the Ayatollahs were sort of um, having in the Christian communities in Iraq. And that that had sort of become um, a little bit of a rallying cry for them. And they were trying to elicit this sort of support by acting or pretending or however you want to sort of phrase it, that they were protecting these Christian minorities in Iraq. Um, and that was a little bit of a concern. And I sort of wrote about it at the time. Um, and to me, it was really just emblematic of the wide tentacles of Iran and, and their much broader strategy for Iraq. Um, cut to this year when I returned to Baghdad and of course I wanted to to meet with Rian again and, and his name had sort of come up over the years as being um, first of all sanctioned by the US um, which I thought was really interesting because he had told me that his family lives in Michigan and that he'd been to the United States several times and I felt found that to be a little bit alarming because in the next breath, he would also talk about having killed uh, American soldiers in the early days of the occupation in Iraq. So that to me was um, a little discombobulated. Um, but however, I did uh, did go to meet with uh, Rian when I was in Baghdad and he'd just come back from Lebanon and he was sort of telling me about how his broad goal now, and, and mind you, he's an elected parliament member at this point. And that's, and that's very divisive in the Christian community in Iraq because while Rian obviously has a huge support base he also has a lot of people who obviously do not align with uh with his sort of militia or his uh, allegiance to Iran if you will um and so he was basically you know laying out this strategy to me about how their their broad goal now was to really bring together uh sort of Christians in Iran in Lebanon in Syria in in Iraq and sort of form this uh very large Iranian backed uh cohesive organization well that's very interesting i mean you know i read the article uh the or or, or the piece for for the substack that this recording goes along with and I couldn't help but seeing so many juxtapositions of conflicting uh, points in his stories. Um, uh, you know the 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 representation of the Christians, the uh, and but I remember you writing about this back uh, during the ISIS period of the Christians basically you know, wanting to, to, to lay low. And this is the, the opposite of that. Is this really uh, Rian or is this Iran? 
you know, I think Rian sort of is fairly um, aligned with Iran. So it's it's almost a little bit one of the same. Um, so it's that's what makes it especially controversial because obviously Christians have been deeply persecuted in Iraq for a number of years. And he's sort of now one of their leading figureheads, which, as I said earlier, it's it, that is a huge point of contention in the Christian community that is left in, in Iraq and, and how much they want to be reliant upon Iran um, to kind of get the needs and things that they want out of the government. And it also just points to how very conflicting, and this is why Iraq is sort of in the state that it's in, because nothing quite makes sense. Um, you have so many different allegiances, so many different people that are involved in it. And here is this, this number one Christian guy who is is sanctioned for human rights violations by the United States, um, of course, which he denies and says that the, the, the you know there was a really abhorrent video that went around, um, basically showing um, several individuals, you know, cutting off ISIS hands and doing all sorts of terrible things um, to these fighters, and and he was listed as being one of them, which he denies. He says it wasn't him, um, and he named another individual who he says it was, and says that. That, and this is his side of the events, is that the Biden administration has since apologized to him and said, you know, we'll take you off, but you need to sign a letter. And he has a lawyer in D.C. and you have to sign this letter to say that you aren't going to take any further action against the government. However, Rianne believes that he's not going to sign this letter, that he's going to sue the U.S. government. Um, and he really just says that this, this persona non grata status that was put on him um has only made him more powerful and and now he walks into a room and he's he's quote unquote the shake and um and people have more respect for him because he he sees it as sticking it to america um but you know at the same time then he also seems to have this sort of affection for the biden administration and, and insists that biden isn't like other presidents he's not like trump he's not like bush he's not like obama um, and that he is, you know, wanting to 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 step out of Iraq and and not um, not sort of take the action that former presidents have taken. So it is it is just a very uh, conflicting circumstance. But and that's sort of one of the reasons that I really wanted to profile Rian because I think his story alone kind of speaks to the broader chaos that uh, makes up Iraq right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, from a, I, I, I am a little bit confused by his, his thoughts on the Biden administration being, uh, as you put it in your, in your piece, uh, less, less prone to action. I mean, you know, this is, it's, it's not like the Biden administration hasn't been active in sending drones out to go do things. At, uh, I mean, you know, most recently in Afghanistan itself. Um, so um, there's, there's, there's there's a bit of dissonance there uh, i mean i do see the the, the thought is it, from from Riyan's standpoint or iran's standpoint actually the aligning or, or gaining allies with christians in the Nineveh plain uh goes right into uh their goal of being able to build roads and pipelines uh through iraq to get the uh, connections for the, their strategic goals in the middle east and um, you know, so is is this part of this confusion in your assessment of of observing Iraq at this point that it's really a 
a, a kind of an underlying battle between the influence of Iran and the and the um, independence of the Iraqi state itself is is kind of part of what's going on right now. Yeah, I think that's a huge part of it, and you know, it's also important to remember never underestimate the influence of the United States too. You know, it may not be as as forthright as Iran right now, but uh, you know, the U.S. isn't isn't stupid enough, if you will, just to to completely. Um, stay out of the fray especially given how much blood and treasure has unfortunately been spent in that country in recent decades yeah and so let's let's finish by by focusing back on the christian community itself because you wrote extensively about uh the the various uh communities that suffered in Iraq during the, the period of ISIS. And the Christians were certainly one of them. They were particularly brutal as they came across the Nineveh Plain in terms of uh, murder that, that they committed on the Christian community because they were apostate. And um, how are they doing these days, you know, outside of, of this one political figure? How's the rest of the community in your... Uh, well, I, th I think it's a big struggle. Their numbers have gone down hugely. Um, many of them just want to leave. Um, you know, the economy is tough in Iraq. It's it's just difficult to get through sort of daily life. And I think that compels a lot of Christians to, to really want to leave. Um, which is something Rian also admits and you know, says that he's trying to do what he can to to keep uh, Christians in the country when really most of them are, are still trying to configure ways out. Um, so it, it's really difficult. And, you know, I'd often go around to the different churches and things and it, people would sort of talk about, you know, even back on Saddam's day, that the congregations be filled with hundreds, if not, you know, over a thousand. And now, you know, you're lucky to get a, a few dozen families that will come to mass on a Sunday. So um, it is something that is dwindling and, and there are so many different sorts of threats. And, and I think for the Christian community in Iraq, they just never know when another threat will emerge. And I think they're just tired of living under that sort of umbrella. Yeah, well, I mean, it sounds uh, like a desperate time. Um, not, I mean, you know, you look back through history, and and Christians have had to deal with this uh, uh, in the Middle East, in particular, for I don't know what, well, two thousand years, right? And um, it, it doesn't sound like any of that's changing soon, is it? Unfortunately, no. No. Okay. Well. On that uh, rather l less than happy note, but factual note, um, thank you, Holly, for another dispatch, and we look forward to the next one. Thank you.